0: The New Orleans Saints will have a ton of tough decisions to make at roster cuts, but the good news is that the starters are all set. We got all that and a little bit of yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as, of course, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, uh, uh, inside information, early access, and much more. You can head over to joinsubtext.com to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints, Every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, Dennis Allen says that there are 45 roster spots that are basically taken up, eight of which are still up for grabs. What does that look like? And how are those decisions being made? We're going to take a look at our 53-man roster projection today, our final one before roster cutdowns. Talent and concern can both be found when it comes to the depth for the New Orleans Saints. But first, some tough choices ahead for the New Orleans Saints, even though their starters are completely set. Um, Look, I, I-, I do this every year when we do these final 53-man roster projections and things like that. I did it in our most recent roster projection as well. And so I'll mention it again. These are human beings, right? Not only are these human beings that are potentially losing jobs this week, but these are human beings that are having to let people know that other human beings are losing their jobs, right? This is not an easy job for anybody. And so we should keep that in mind. And the Saints have done a good job building a competitive roster over the course of this offseason. You want to have the best 53 possible at the beginning of week one then you need to have the best 90 possible at the end of the at, at the end of free agency basically or as training camp opens like y- you have to be that solid and i think the Saints have done a good job there and what they've done all throughout the offseason is that they have identified where they are weak uh red zone offense short down short distance uh third down you know types offense um run defense they designated exactly where it was that they were weak and then found ways to address exactly those positions. But the other thing that they did was that they bred a lot of competition. So a lot of veteran safeties come through the building. A lot of veteran cover corners come through the building. The additions of all of the tight ends that they've made. They drove competition at punter, at kicker. Uh, They didn't even touch long snapper. That's probably the only place that there wasn't competition aside from starting quarterback. And so I think that like these are all things that you look at for the New Orleans Saints and go, okay, there is a real chance here that they're going to be able to put together when they put together their best 53, that it's going to be a good 53, like one of the NFL's, or let's say one of the NFC South's best uh, 53, right? And as long as you're in, you know, you're the top team in your division, then you're a playoff team, yada, yada, yada. So I think that the Saints will have some of those tough decisions uh, to make, but these are good signs, right? It's a good problem to have. It's just that it's an unfortunate problem to have that you have to, you know, let folks go. And, And look, you know, it's a 53-man roster plus another 16, uh, so it's really like a nice 69 players that you get to keep around. You know that you're not keeping multiple kickers, so it takes you from where they are right now at 89 down to 87, and so really you're looking at, you know, going from 87 down to 69, effectively. So it, it does take a little bit of of the brunt of it off. I'm sure some players will go to injured reserve. You've got a couple players that, or at least one player that's going to suspension as well, so it's 86 down you know what I mean? So like, there, there's all these little pieces that kind of help to... Maybe lighten it a little bit. But the fact of the matter is that the Saints have some tough, tough decisions uh, to make. So let's take a look at the starters on the offensive side and on the defensive side. And then we're going to get to the depth because when we get to depth here, there's some some places to be confident, but there's also some places to be concerned. And so we're going to get to that. Uh, but let's start off with the starting offense here. We've got Derek Carr, of course, is your starting quarterback. There's no question there. Alvin Kamara is going to go to the suspended list. So he won't even hit the 53-man roster. He'll go directly to that suspended list. So we got Jamal Williams as your starting running back right now. You know it's going to be a running back by committee approach, but for the sake of time, we'll just stick with Jamal Williams as the starting running back there. I think Adam Prentice, who averaged like nine yards per carry in the, uh, <laughs> in the Texans uh, preseason game, the final preseason game, uh, I think that he holds on as your fullback. This is an offense that still wants to use that. Your starting tight end, another one that's going to be a kind of a committee approach, if you will, um, will be Jawan Johnson. Your wide receivers, your top three, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Jaheed, and in your offensive line made up of Trevor Penning at left tackle, James Hurst at left guard. I still think he should be your starter going into the season over Andrus Pete. Peet. Uh, center, Eric McCoy, right guard, Cesar Ruiz, and then right tackle, Ryan Ramchick. So Because I did a running back, a fullback, a tight end, and three wide receivers that gives us 12 instead of 11. I know that's not what your starting offense is going to look like. You can only have 11 players on the field, but you know, different packages, things like that. So that's your starting offense, starting defense. As far as I'm concerned, Cam Jordan at defensive end, Carl Granderson on the opposite side of him, Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard on the interior. I love what we've seen from Brian Brzee. We saw Isaiah Foskey arrive against the Houston Texans. Peyton Turner has been solid all off season, but I think that each one of those guys still has some space to continue to fill some space to continue to grow. Whereas these four guys, I think, are, are, are pretty much ready for you. Demario Davis and Pete Werner are your starters at linebacker. And then your starters at corner on the outside, Marshall Lattimore and Paulson Adebo with Bradley Roby in the slot. Look, Alante Taylor's not going to start in the slot. It's not going to happen. He's not even the second slot guy on the roster right now. It's a brand new position. He got six weeks to learn it, and it takes years to learn a position like that. It's not a surprise here, and it's not a it's not a bad thing that Alante Taylor won't start in the slot. It's not a bad thing that Alante Taylor won't start on the outside. I think that he's still going to get snaps because a he deserves them, but also b you get to kind of play the matchups now, and I think that that can work really well between Paulson Adibo uh, and Alante Taylor. But it was pretty clear and, and kind of indicative last night uh, of or or a, against the Houston Texans that Paulson Adibo was your starter in that. He didn't dress out. He was in street clothes. He wasn't in uniform. He didn't play. He didn't participate, which tends to indicate that he's the starter going into the year. But we'll see. That's just just my expectation. Um, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May starting for you at safety. And I'm still keeping Marcus May on the roster right now because no suspension has been handed down. Therefore, that suspension might come later. That suspension might not come. We don't know yet. Uh, But as of right now, he's still going to count against the roster. So this is a big thing. And this is maybe one of the biggest adjustments from my most recent updated 53-man roster. Now, when we get to depth, which we're going to go to here in a second, because Marcus May makes the roster, that adds another safety. So what do you do? Do you pull another safety or defensive back off the roster, or do you make a tough cut somewhere else on the roster? And I think we're going to have to make a tough cut. I'll tell you what that tough cut is coming up next as we continue on with today's final 53-man roster projection Projection here on Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, my favorite format of fantasy football ever, best ball, and it's right there and available for you to try out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. Right now, it is the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And it just got even bigger with $15 million in total prizes already up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. And last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. You're going to want to get in on this. It's a usual snake draft. No in-season roster management, no waivers, no trades, nothing like that. Uh, Underdog instead sets your best lineup for you every week based upon who scores what. It's awesome. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and you can sign up and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, so you can get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. New Orleans Saints have some tough decisions that they'll have to make. And we're going to start off with a big one here, especially when it comes to Marcus May making the roster on the defensive side. So now how do you offset that additional roster spot based upon what I had estimated to be an early season suspension for Marcus May? Well, you have been making a decision that you don't really like making. Appreciate you as always. making a locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Um, usually when I do this, I would go into the depth and offense and I would go quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, do the usual convention. But I'm starting at wide receiver this time, because the wide receiver that I'm keeping in terms of depth is going to be A.T. Perry. The other receiver, because I'm only going to keep five this time around, is Keith Kirkwood. Keith Kirkwood, A.T. Perry are effectively roster locks for you. A.T. Perry more so than Keith Kirkwood, but Keith Kirkwood dressed out last night against the Houston Texans, didn't play a snap, which indicates he's on this roster. Rashid Shahid was back and healthy. They had him go through warmups, didn't play him Friday or excuse me Sunday night against the Texans, but good news there. So the numbers are there when it comes to wide receiver, but the tough cut that I have to make here is Shaq Davis. And it's not because Shaq Davis didn't perform. He's looked excellent over the course of the regular excuse me over the course of training camp, over the course of the preseason. Didn't have the biggest game against the Houston Texans, but not enough for me to say he doesn't deserve a roster spot. I just think right now the numbers are against him. And this isn't necessarily what I would do. This is me trying to project what I think that the Saints would do. So while I wouldn't make this decision and I would try to get Shaq Davis on my roster, we ain't talking about me. We ain't talking about my roster. We're talking about the New Orleans Saints. And if you look at two of the three top decision makers when it comes to the coaching staff for this New Orleans Saints team, when it comes to making these decisions, they're defensive guys. Dennis Allen and it's Joe Woods. Now, of course, guys like Michael Parenton, Kai Harley, Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, of course. They're all a part of this decision as well. But when it comes to coaching staff, you got defensive guys and you have a defense forward roster. So, with a guy like Marcus May not being suspended, which is where I bought that Shaq Davis spot to begin with in my updated uh, uh, 53 man roster projection, I'm hoping that Shaq Davis makes it through waivers so I can get him over on the practice squad. And every year we do this, there's no way he makes it through waivers. And like 90% of the time, the player makes it through waivers. So we'll sit around, and we'll wait, and we'll see if the Saints do indeed go this route. But it's a tough cut. But these are the things that the Saints are going to have to make decisions about. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. Especially when you have a roster of a lot of talent. Let's go over to quarterback now, Jameis Winston, Jake Hayner. No question there. Both of these guys should be on your roster. Jake Hayner makes your 53-man roster on game day, he is your emergency third quarterback. Remember the emergency third quarterback rule only applies to the 46 man game day roster, not, not the 53 man roster. So he still has to count against the 53, but on game day, he wouldn't count against, the, uh, against that game day roster. Then I've got at running back, Kendra Miller, and I'm still rolling with Ellis Merriweather because Ellis Merriweather is healthy. He's healthy. He had some nice moments. Um, you would have loved to have seen him catch that pass in the flat. Just kind of thrown him behind him. Had to spin around to grab it. Not a great throw by Jake Hayner there. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, you had a nice run from him. Average 2.9 yards per carry. Not excellent there. Running behind a second, third string offensive line. I'm very excited to see Kendra Miller and Eris, Ellis Merriweather rush behind a first string NFL offensive line. Uh, I do think that both of them have shown you some elements of what they could do with the ball in their hands and how they could pick up that yardage. Ellis Merriweather is a great kind of, you know, bulldozer type of short yardage back for you to be able to use, especially with uh, Jamal Williams slimming down and and, and being used in so many different ways, uh, as opposed to just the short yardage uh, spots. So I'm very excited to see what happens there. But he's got competition in terms of Darrell Williams. who has got a lot of tape, you know, NFL tape. Um, He's got competition in terms of Kirk Merritt, who, of course, has institutional familiarity. uh, But he's got the health factor. He's been on the field. So right now I'm rolling with Ellis Merriweather. At tight end, Foster Moreau, who's a lock, that was easy. And then I, I was asked, him, I got to kind of make a decision here between Jimmy Graham and Lucas Kroll. And I get that Lucas Kroll gives you the blocker. I get that Jimmy, Jimmy Graham doesn't necessarily, but Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Taysom Hill, these guys can all block, uh, particularly Foster Moreau and, and, and Juwan Johnson. So this, this idea that Jimmy Graham can't make the roster because he, he's not a blocker doesn't really hold water for me. And he's also a willing blocker. Not the greatest, but a willing blocker. Um, and so I'm going to give the spot to Jimmy Graham. I, I just think that if, if you look at what the New Orleans Saints have done so far this season is that they look back at 2022 and they said, where have we been deficient? And then they added players to help them there. One of the places where they were deficient last year, red zone. Red zone, red zone, red zone. So where does Jimmy Graham help you? Red zone, red zone, red zone, red zone. Red zone. That gluteus Jimmy is. Got to get it done. So you get offensive line here. And here's where the concern comes in, right? Like, there's a lot of reasons to be confident about the the depth. Uh, Kendra Miller, Foster Moreau, uh, Jimmy Graham, A.T. Perry, Kirkwood, Taysom Hill is involved in this as well, of course. Over on the defensive side, there's a lot of reasons to be confident. But here's where the concern is. It's the offensive line. Andrews Pete was awful against the the Houston Texans. And and, and I don't mean that he is awful as a human or anything like that, but like his performance was not good. Um, He had a moment, consistent moments where he was beat on the line. There was a moment where he blocked A.T. Perry instead of blocking Denzel Perryman, which could have, you go the other way with that, and then you probably have a big gain for Kendrick Miller in the screen game. Uh, so uh, just not a great game. And, and look, it was his first time back in full speed action. I get it. But these things are consistent with, wh- of the, with the mistakes that we've seen Andrew Speed make throughout his career. Then I'm going to put Nick Saldovary there. That's a lock for me. And then the, the 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 back end of this because I want to keep nine offensive linemen in the NFL you kind of have to I'm going to stick with Tommy Kramer who going into that Houston Texans game hadn't given up even a single pressure but I can't really stick with Lewis Kid right now I mean Lewis Kid was a guy that got beat a lot off of that that edge uh, over on the left side when playing for that second string offensive line so that makes me kind of feel like all right that's a practice squad thing so maybe a guy like Calvin Throckmorton or Landon Young I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who to keep as the ninth offensive lineman. I just know that they need one. And so they might have to go to, the, the, to, to the, the, the roster cuts that are happening elsewhere in order to make that happen. So maybe what the initial 53-man roster is there doesn't actually reflect what the week one 90-man roster will be. So tough decision there. I'll pencil in Calvin Throckmorton for right now, but there's been a lot of struggle for guys like Calvin Throckmorton, Landon Young, Lewis Kidd, particularly when it comes to these backup tackles. Got to get that figured out. And then Taysom Hill, who's like all over your offense. That's your last depth piece over on the offensive side. That gets us 37 players. Now we're wrapping up here on the defensive side. On the defensive line, Peyton Turner and Tonto Passanio are kind of your edge backups. Uh, Isaiah Fossey's in there too. What an arrival for him uh, Sunday night against the Texans. Malcolm Roach has continuously been consistent, has continuously made plays, all that. And then Brian Brzee, who just gets better and better every time that we see him. That, that mans up both your, your edge and your interior. At linebacker, I've got Jalen Smith and Zach Bond as the backups. We're going to come back to this position when we get to special teams. And then we're going to take a look here at corner. Your main backup corner is Alante Taylor. And then I still have Lonnie Johnson Jr. as one of your core backup safeties, along with, of course, rookie Jordan Howden. Both of them had solid games last, uh, last night uh, against the Houston Texans uh, in that loss. So that gets us up to 46. We've got a few spots left to fill. Uh, and I'm going to tell you which one of these guys are locks and which ones aren't as we fill out the rest of this roster. 45 locks, eight spots up for grabs. Who gets them? We got that coming up for you next as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Saints, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to go if you're looking to grab some tickets, whether ahead of time or last minute. If you're somebody like me and just like to be able to spontaneously make the decision to go and check out your favorite sports, your favorite music, comedy, theater, whatever it is that you're looking for near you, you can find all of it over on the Game Time app. And they've got killer deals on last minute tickets as well. Best price guaranteed so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about the event and the fun that you're gonna have instead. So get rid of the stress, bring in the hype. You gotta love that. And of course, Game Time also has the Game Time Guarantee, which means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row as the ones that you already booked for less than what you paid, Game Time is gonna credit you 110% of the difference. So go and check them out today, snag those tickets and get rid of the stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first order. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem promo code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Get it, that Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with the final portion of our fifty-three man roster. We're gonna take a look at the guys that are making the team due to special teams, which is a very defense-forward and very defense-heavy. And we're also gonna tell you guys that I think uh, are are grabbing the eight spots that are up for grabs, and then through process of elimination, with that you'll know the forty-five locks that I have written out here. So in terms of special teams, look, I I, I, I still think it's Will Lutz that's keeping the kicker job. Um, I think that the punter one is a little bit more serious. Um, uh, Blake Gillikin just has not been able to be consistent, consistently shanking, you know, you've had the shank punts, all, all those other things. I don't want to say consistently shanking putts, but like shaking putts enough that you don't look at him as a consistent punter. So I do think that there's issues with that. Um, but I don't know if Lou Headley has really been able to put himself that far ahead of a Blake Gillikin. And if you're not putting yourself far ahead, if you're not really winning that battle, then Ty's probably going to go to the runner and they're going to go with the guy that they know, not the guy that they don't. And so I think I still have the usual kicker punter operation of Will Lutz, Blake Gillikin, Zach Wood. No, I'm not selecting Will Lutz because of the fact that Blake Groupie missed a 60-yard field goal. I'm selecting Will Lutz because I think that Dennis Allen and this New Orleans Saints coaching staff have shown over and over and over again that they'll go with the guy that they know. And I think that that's Will Lutz. When it comes to the special teamers, that are also going to make the roster. This is where we get in safety JT Gray. Did not leave him off the list. Just wanted to save him for the special teams conversation. Uh, cornerback Isaac Yadam, who's been a fantastic addition for this New Orleans Saints team since midseason last year when he joined. He's probably your second best gunner I, and, and your best one opposite JT Gray. Ugo Amadi, also adding in to the safety, but also backing up your slot. He has been your backup slot over the course of his entire training camp behind Bradley Roby. So I think that gives him uh, a little bit of an edge there. And then here's a change for me. I used to have Ty Summers here. I'm rolling with DeMarco Jackson now. And I, I was close. I wanted to entertain the idea of Nick Anderson, but I do think that Nick Anderson is a practice squad guy on this on this team. Um, it's just a numbers thing more than anything else. And he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity to show what he could do against like the best competition that you're going to see in the preseason. DeMarco Jackson has. And DeMarco Jackson has shown up, uh, especially up against the Houston Texans. I think the Houston Texans game moved the needle in the right direction for DeMarco Jackson quite a bit, his ability to be able to make tackles on special teams, as well as the good plays that we saw from him over the course of the defensive uh, production of it all too. I, I just think there's a lot of reasons like what DeMarco Jackson did. Ty Summers, we didn't see very much. And so I, I'm going to give the nod right now over to DeMarco Jackson. And, uh, and I think that would be great for New Orleans too, because DeMarco Jackson's guy you invested a draft pick in. You'd love to see him make this roster and you'd love to see him stick around for a while. So, okay. Who are the eight players that earned spots that are up for grabs? So it's a lot of the special teams guys to start with. Isaac Yadam, Ugo Amadi, DeMarco Jackson. Those are guys that, look, they needed to come in and fight, prove that they were still going to be here. I'm pretty close to saying Isaac Yadam was already a lock anyway, but I'll give the nod there uh, that those three guys earned their role. Ugo Amadi absolutely did. DeMarco Jackson absolutely did. Uh, Isaac Yadam did too, but I think he might've earned that role already last year. Lonnie Johnson Jr. The safety, he's another one, his, um, uh, big tackle on, uh, a, a run play early in the game where he was the last line of defense, open field tackle. He was the only one left matching up with a running back and he made that stop. That's pretty big. Um, we saw him almost come up with a, with a pick as well. So he gets the PBU. Uh, we saw him come up with an interception to seal that Los Angeles Chargers game. And he's made some great plays during practice and training camp as well. So I think that Lonnie Johnson Jr. is one of those guys that earns a spot. I think technically Keith Kirkwood is that guy as well. Keith Kirkwood earned one of the open spots. So I would give him number five on this list. Um, I don't think that he earned it recently. I think he earned it a while back, but he's one of those guys that was like not necessarily a lock walking in and then maybe made himself a lock uh, over the course of time. I'll put Ellis Merriweather in that camp as well. Ellis Merriweather, a guy that has seen a lot of competition at the bottom of that or not at the bottom, but. You know, in the, the, the second, third team reps when it comes to running back. And, and I think that he's done enough to impress. And he stayed healthy. He stayed available, which is one of the reasons why, like, Traquan Smith isn't on this list. Because when we asked, why not we? When Brooke Kirchhoffer over at New Orleans Up Football asked Dennis Allen about Traquan Smith Sunday after the game, he said he's still not ready. Still working his way back. Things are progressing, but he's not there yet. Uh, so it was good to see him on the sideline. But are we going to see him on the field? availability has got to be a little bit of a, of a question mark there. And then when it comes to the depth over the offensive line, that gives us a six. And then to wrap this up would be the depth on the offensive line. Me throwing in Tommy Kramer and, and Calvin Throckmorton, to an extent, is because I, I don't know what else to do. Like, there, there are no other options. And so uh, that's a really, really tough one for New Orleans. I think Tommy Kramer, the thing that's nice about him is that he's played well at guard and he gives you center depth. Um, where you don't necessarily have to move Caesar Ruiz over. You could throw Kramer in as a center. Um, not that I would be in a hurry to do that, but you can do that. And then that, that ninth offensive line spot, Landon Young, Calvin Throckmorton, Lewis Kidd, wh- whomever it's going to be, uh, maybe somebody that's not even in the building at the moment, whoever that's going to be, that's obviously not a lock. And so maybe some of the surprise locks for you that I have on my list, Jimmy Graham, I think he is, Zach Bond. Zach Bond to me is a lock because they don't have any other strong side linebackers. They just don't. I mean, you look at the rest of this this list of the linebacker room, DeMario Davis, Pete Werner, that's your Mike, that's your Will. Uh, Jalen Smith plays a lot of Mike, plays a lot of Will. Zach Bond is your strong side guy. DeMarco Jackson is your Mike slash Will. Not really any strong side guys. Uh, Well, except that DeMarco Jackson did play a lot of strong side when he was a lot of on ball when he was in college. So he does. He would probably be the immediate backup behind Zach Bond in that case, while Jalen Smith backs up the off ball guys. Uh, But in terms of who's played strong side linebacker in your system, all training camp, it's only Zach Bond. It's really only Zach Bond in terms of guys that have done it with the first team. Um, Every other lock that I have are guys that are either proven veterans or drafted rookies. And so uh, I think that that's where we are. Uh, Ellis Merriweather being the only undrafted free agent making the roster maybe feels a little crazy just based upon the Saints track record when it comes to UDFAs, but that's where we are this year. The New Orleans Saints roster is populated. I'm not going to say stacked. I'm not going to say loaded. Still got some big question marks, particularly on the offensive line and in the trenches, or on the offensive trenches. Uh, but it's populated. Populated. There's a lot of talent in a lot of spots. So uh, it's a good problem to have. But the New Orleans Saints have some tough decisions coming up, and we're going to help you keep track of all of those tough decisions as they get started. Will the Saints wait until Tuesday to start making those cuts? Will they start making cuts today? No matter what, we'll have you updated more and more and more uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints and beyond throughout the rest of the week. So make sure you're coming back for that as an everydayer, I know you're going to anyway. I appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day. And of course, I thank you very, very much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you that nation, I'll holla at you.